Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. I'm Batman. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. Go ahead. Make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. Money FM 89.3. Commence primary ignition. This character has a helmet with a T-shaped visor, a flamethrower, a cape, a rangefinder, a rocket, a jetpack, a speaker built to his armor, a dart-throwing device, kneecaps that shoot some sort of dart projectile, and carries a rifle. Now, there was supposed to be an army of this character, but because of budget constraints, they decided to just go with one. And this one character turned out to be the baddest bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe. I'm talking about Boba Fett. The character had only 6 minutes and 32 seconds of total screen time and only 4 lines of dialogue in the original two of the Star Wars trilogy. But that was enough to gather a huge following. The prototype costume was all white, like a stormtrooper, and was fitted on one of the assistant editors of Star Wars, Dwayne Dunham. There was no backstory of Boba Fett in the original Star Wars, and George Lucas wasn't bothered about things like that. Boba Fett just showed up as a bounty hunter who hardly spoke and nobody saw his face. It was hidden behind this war-torn, dented green helmet. The cape that he wears is more like a poncho that you see on an old spaghetti western. The man behind the helmet and suit was Jeremy Bullock. He was told that there was a small role in the sequel to Star Wars. Jeremy was in theatre at that time and hesitated to go, but was urged to just go try it. So he went. His body size was just perfect for the suit and so was the helmet and he got the role of Boba Fett. But although you don't see Jeremy Belush's face in The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, he did show his face as an unarmed Imperial officer that dragged Princess Leia away from Luke and also in a speaking role as a pilot in Revenge of the Sith, one of the Star Wars prequels. Boba Fett's moves were subtle, cool and sophisticated, like the moves of Clint Eastwood's cowboy characters. In fact, George Lucas had Clint's Spaghetti Western characters in mind. Daniel Logan played the boy Boba Fett in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. New Zealand actor Tamara Morrison is the man behind the helmet and costume of Boba Fett in the latest series, The Book of Boba Fett. He made his first appearance in The Mandalorian, but was that his first appearance as Boba Fett? We'll dig deep to find out in just a bit. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. The Mandalorian series was the first reason why I subscribed to the Disney Plus streaming service. Now, from The Mandalorian came the spin off, The Book of Boba Fett, led by Tamara Morrison, and this is not his first time he's playing the role of Boba Fett. In 2004, DVD version of Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, 
He voiced the character, but he wasn't credited. And if you're wondering, hey, you know what, this guy actually looks like the father, Django Fett. Well, the reason is yes, because he played the role of Django Fett in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Only in that movie, he had hair. But wait, that's not all of his involvement in Star Wars. He voiced the role of Jango Fett in Star Wars Bounty Hunter video game. He also voiced a Republic infantry and Republic officer in another Star Wars video game, Battlefront. He was Delta 38 in Star Wars Republic Commando video game. He voiced Boba Fett, Jango Fett and a Republic officer in Star Wars Battlefront 2, as well as Boba Fett in Star Wars Empire at War video games. And he played the role of Commander Cody in Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Now, that's the movie. And oh, I almost forgot, he voiced Boba Fett in Star Wars Visions, which is an animated series on Disney+. So, it's only natural that he gets the role of Boba Fett in the series, The Book of Boba Fett. Now, there are certain things that I like about the series, and there are certain things that I dislike. I'll tell you about it next on Movie Magic. Money FM 89.3. I'm Colin Gomez and you're tuned to Movie Magic. Now, there are certain things that I like about the book of Boba Fett. The soundtrack, for example, grows on you and the opening theme is like a Tamil song. Ram di dum dum di ra ram dum dum dum, you know, which is awesome. I like it. Maybe Tollywood should do a Boba Fett parody and call it Baba Fett. Huh? What do you think? I think it would be a hit. I like it that it goes back to the planet Tatooine. We see Mos Eisley Cantina filled with aliens from galaxies far, far away. We see the Jawas with their lit up eyes and brown hoods. The Tuscan Raiders riding on their banthas across the sand dunes. You know, every scene brings back memories of the original Star Wars trilogy, which I love. I also like the backstory of Boba Fett, which George Lucas did not feature in any of the Star Wars movies. I like the set and the costumes and the special effects too. All those were great. But here's what I don't like about the series. The fight choreography. Those scenes looked really fake and rehearsed. I wasn't a big fan of how it was directed either. The first and the third episode was directed by Spy Kids director Robert Rodriguez. And even he couldn't get the best out of the actors. It just looked fake and there was no excitement about it. And although I said it had a nice backstory, well, the script is kind of terrible. It is disappointing. And the storytelling, well, it's kind of boring so far. Boba Fett used to be this iconic, mysterious, mean character, but in the book of Boba Fett, well, he's quite lame and he's aged quite a bit. In my opinion, a younger actor would have been better. And I also think it would have been awesome if, you know, if, just if, in the first episode, it takes off on how Boba Fett got out of the Salak. There's another pet peeve about the series. I didn't like the motorbike gang in their colored Vespa-like speeder bikes. And it wasn't speeding at all. It was slow chasing another slow vehicle. (sighs) Would I watch it every week? Well, the answer is yes, because it is part of the Star Wars universe. But as compared to The Mandalorian... Disney failed terribly in this one. The Mandalorian had great characters and cute characters too. The story was great as well and the script was fantastic. Oh well, let's hope that when Obi-Wan comes around, when it's released sometime this year, 
It won't be as bad as The Book of Boba Fett. Well, fingers crossed. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Since I'm disappointed with The Book of Boba Fett so far, I turned to another series which I started quite some time ago when it was first released and then I couldn't get past episode 1. In fact, I just stopped halfway. Well, that was then, so I thought I'd give it another try. After episode 1, I went on to episode 2. I didn't binge watch because I don't like binge watching, but I watched two episodes about 1 hour each each day until I reached the second season of The Witcher. I grew to love it. Hey, the storyline, the special effects, the fight scenes and even the nude and sex scenes were quite well done. In fact, very well done. It felt as good as Game of Thrones. Henry Cavill plays Gerald and his yellow eyes looking exactly like the character in the video game. So, did his role just fall in his lap? Well, not really. Well, first of all, we know that Henry Cavill has a great body. Physically, he's fit, which is what is needed to play the white-haired witcher. He knows how to ride a horse, which is instrumental in the series. And get this, Henry Cavill is a gamer, and the witcher is one of his favorite video games. And when he heard that Netflix was making a show based on the books, he went out and read all the books and became very knowledgeable of all the characters and all the monsters. He is the white-haired witcher. It is his role and nobody could have done it better. He also gets the girls and they're all very pretty. So yes, he made it happen. The role just didn't fall on his lap. It was the law of attraction taking place. Now Jennifer, his love interest, is played by an Indian British actress Anya Chalotra. At first, we see her disfigured, but I knew down the road she's going to blossom into someone sexy and powerful. She's not shy to take her clothes off, and why wouldn't she as she has a great body? She's the one with the violet eyes, and her clothing, well, when she has them on, matches the color of her eyes. Very royal, very lush. and purposely done and there are pictures of this indian beauty dressed in a traditional sari if you google her she's stunning to look at as her father is indian and her mother is british and when there's you know multi race marriages involved most of the time the children are good looking she has a great speaking voice with a strong british accent and she graduated from a music and drama school in the uk and when i say she has a great speaking voice One good example is she played the main role as Robin Locksley in a YouTube original animated series titled Sherwood, which is a modern-day Robin Hood played by a female character. And guess what? She wears a violet hoodie. Coincidence that, you know, the color violet is her main color in The Witcher? Well, I think not. It's the law of attraction working again. Then there's Siri, another powerful character in The Witcher. In fact, the story of the Witcher surrounds her. I think without her, the story would fall flat as, you know, there's a purpose now. And that is what makes this series great, the purpose. Now, if you watch season 1, you'd see Siri played by British actress Freya Allen, who is a little girl. But in season 2, she's all grown up. She's blonde and very pretty too. Now, my favorite character in The Witcher is Jaskier. He's the bard that plays the lute and sings pretty well. He's like the sidekick of Geralt, the Witcher. 
the psychic that he doesn't want, and they have this love-hate relationship. The songs Jaskier sings are stories of the Witcher. Jaskier is played by British actor Joey Batty. His character is quirky, witty, and funny. He's not only an actor, but in real life, he's a musician who plays multiple instruments and a singer too, which makes him perfect for the role. Again, the law of attraction takes you where you need to go. Now, there are many songs in The Witcher sung by this bard, but my favorite is Burn, Butcher, Burn. It's traditional and medieval, and it can pass off as a song that's in a musical, and yet modern at the same time. Now, I've never read any of the books, nor did I play the video games, but now, after watching the series, both seasons 1 and 2, well, it has sparked an interest in me. Give The Witcher a try, if you haven't. It's, well, it's fantasy, if you like, you know, fantasy movies, and it's on Netflix. And at the end of season two, well, don't skip the credits, as after the credits roll, there's a trailer to a spin-off series which stars Malaysia's own Michelle Yeoh, which I'm looking forward to. I'm Colin Gomez, and this has been Movie Magic on Money FM 89.3. And like the bard in The Witcher, I will burn all memories of the Book of Boba Fett when the season is over.